listening to the Feel Good Community Podcast. My name is Storm. And I'm Will. A few years ago, we began our journey towards learning more about sustainability, health, and wellness. The more we learned, the more we couldn't believe that this vital information wasn't mainstream knowledge. These simple yet effective ways to heal our bodies and save our planet are being drowned out by the latest pop culture noise. Together, we began to change our lifestyle to help heal our bodies, our brains, and our planet. We have become deeply passionate about sharing this knowledge, whether it's a book we're reading, interviews from leading experts, or even just personal anecdotes. We want you to know about it. And most importantly, we want you to take this knowledge and apply it to your own family and community. All that being said, welcome to the Feel Good Community Podcast. I want to let you know that things are going to be looking a little different around here with Will gone for training and the two of us gearing up for what's probably going to be over a year-long separation just due to the Marine Corps. The majority of these episodes will just be myself. Will will be popping on here and there, but in the meantime, it will just be me. So thank you and let's go ahead and get right back to the episode. Hello and welcome to today's episode of the Feel Good Community Podcast. This morning, I have Zachariah Pittman on, co-founder of Pittman Coffee. Pittman Coffee is a specialty small batch roaster located on Kadena Air Force Base here in Okinawa. The whole idea behind this episode actually started a few months ago when I picked up a pound of their medium roast organic Guatemalan coffee. Absolutely loved it. Um, Once I got to know the brand a little bit more and what they were all about, I knew I had to have them on. And Zach was so helpful to go ahead and come on, be my guest for today. And yeah, he helped make it happen. So Zach, how are you this morning? Hi, Storm. I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, so do you prefer like Zach? You can call me Zach. Or Zachariah. Either one. Okay. I'm like, <laughs> it's a bit of a mouthful yeah. right now. So yeah, I'm like, let's just keep it simple. <laughs> um, so can you kind of tell us a little bit about um about you know uh Pittman Coffee Company? Like where did you guys start? What was yeah, absolutely. So we PCS'd out here in fall of 2017, and okay. we started roasting coffee just as a hobby. I had known a friend and a pastor back in Las Vegas where we were previously stationed who um, roasted coffee at home. So I knew it was a thing that you could do. Um, mm-hmm. And we started with just a popcorn maker, actually, like one of those air pop poppers. What? You can... Yeah, you can. You can. <laughs> it's pretty. It's, you can roast coffee in a popcorn machine. Yes, you can. So what? I did that for a couple months and decided I really liked roasting coffee and that roasting yeah. coffee with a popcorn maker was pretty terrible at the same time because <laughs> it makes a huge mess. It blows chaff everywhere and roasting coffee is a pretty smoky affair. Um, so you have to do it outside. 
and it was making a big mess. Yeah. Um, but I decided it was something I wanted to keep doing and it was something that I wanted to share with people. Um, so we got a small, just a, like a home roaster that would do a pound at mm. a time. Um, that's so cool. And we did that for about a year and we were doing the coffee for our church and I liked it, but I didn't like how much time I was spending for such a small amount of coffee. Cause it was about yeah. like 25 minutes per pound. Um, so eventually it's a lot, especially if you're supplying a church. Yes. Yeah. It was a lot, it's of, a lot of work. Yep. And I have a full-time job anyways, and we've got kids. Mm -hmm. So it was like, how can I do more coffee in a small amount of time or less time at least? And so I got a small commercial roaster, um, ILEO is the company that makes this electric roaster, and it does a, a kilo at a time, so just over two pounds. Um, okay. And we started doing that and then started selling it on the side, um, and it's really developed into a nice little side business. So we outgrew the one roaster, so we picked up a second one. Um, okay. And then we do most of our business just off our, our front door, actually, so people stop by, and um, it's just a self-service. They pick up the beans they want, and they leave the money for it and we sell a little bit online and we sell some through the gift shop on base. Um, yeah, I um I actually ran into your wife, um, Rachel, today and um we like spooked each other with the door. <laughs> I was going did she tell you? No. <laughs> okay, so I was like going to get my uh, my growler and she opened the door and we we're both like <laughs> we scared each other. Oh, this has happened many times. Yeah. And at very random times. We encourage our customers to come by whenever they want, but you know, sometimes I might open the door at midnight or something and there might be a customer there. So Oh my god. I've started looking through the people to check first, but my kids will never check. So they'll just open the door and surprise anybody that's out there. Oh man. Yeah, I thought that was so cool. Like when um, you know, after I bought it, I was like, so do I just show up? Like, <laughs> yeah. you're like, there's a, uh, there's a cooler outside. And I was like, like, is my name on it? Is there like, uh, like what, what do I do? Yeah. But I literally just walked up, grabbed a growler, like made sure it didn't have someone's name, someone else's name on it. And I was like, all right, we're good to go. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how it works. How did you like the, the cold brew, by the way? It was good. So, um, obviously nobody else knows this, but I like when I tried your, when I tried the sample of it at, um, at the gift corner, Yeah, I was like, so do you have like any growlers here? Like, do I have to wait for this? Because it tasted so good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so how did like how did Rachel get involved? Because she, so she's I'm assuming like she's the co-founder. Yeah, yep, we started together. Okay. Um, so I yes. do. I started off doing all of the roasting and the purchasing mm -hmm. of the beans, and she helped me out with um, Instagram and Facebook and selling it to the customers. Um, so that's that's mostly what she does. Um, and we have an employee now that also helps us roast. I actually met her. Like, oh. I feel like such a creep, but <laughs> I've been buying your guys' coffee for a few months now. And so um, the first time I got it was at the Fleet gift shop, I think. Yeah. Yeah. She used to work there. And 
Yeah, and she was like, "Oh, um, I actually help roast these. Like, I I work um, I work for the the people that make this." And um, that's when I was like, "Hmm, like maybe I should talk to these guys." <laughs> yeah, she is awesome and a very incredible worker. We're very blessed to have her. That's so cool. So, um, did you guys? Okay, first I've been wanting to ask this: um, How big was the popcorn? popper was it like one of those home ones that you just like sit on top of the counter or oh, was, yeah. was it totally. like, like one of those ones that just like, like was it like movie style no no it's like it was, it was honestly like 16 dollars on amazon <laughs> um, okay it's one of those ones that you just put the and a company in. was born yeah yeah exactly it's uh you know one of those ones that just blows up hot air um yeah <clears throat> but you could only do, I think it was maybe a quarter cup or half cup of beans at, the, at any oh, yeah. one batch. And it went super fast. It only took like six minutes. And you had no control whatsoever. You're like, well, these look like they're about done. <laughs> and you'd dump them out and they'd be super hot and you have to cool them off in a colander while not trying to burn yourself. And you'd have to do that like twice to make a cup, you know, like a pot of coffee. So um, you can do it. Yeah. It's just if it's something you're going to do for a while, it it makes sense to buy an actual roaster. You know, a good job for the tenacity because I think I would probably have done that once and been like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> like we're like, I, I do like, like grinding my own beans and um, we use a French press. Like that's my, like whenever my husband makes, um, whenever Will makes coffee in the coffee pot, I'm like, oh plebeian (laughs) and i'll sit there with like my french press and like look at him as i like press it down yes well you know i I found that coffee is like most things in life where i think they're the more of a process there is to making it i think the more we enjoy it and yes we were always like very big coffee fans but wouldn't say we were passionate about it we just we really Mm like good coffee um, but I found that as we got into roasting and I could control the variables and choose where the beans were coming from and how they were sourced and then pick how to roast it and roast it on, you know, four or five different levels and figure out, you know, at what roast does it taste the best? Um, all of those yeah. factors that you can control and manipulate, it just, it makes it that much more enjoyable and, uh, it kind of just kicked off the passion that we have for coffee and it's, yeah, it's just, it's just been really awesome. It's been fun to experience it and, and taste coffee from all over the world and, and share it with other people. So it's, it's been really great. So where are like where do you get your coffee from? What countries, um, companies, like that yeah. sort of thing? So I used to buy a coffee from an American company and have it shipped through the post office, <laughs> but I found that that's generally frowned upon by. Japanese customs and they started confiscating my beans. Oh, so that's so funny. Yeah. So if you're gonna buy green coffee, you gotta get it from a Japanese company. Um, so I did some searching. I found a coffee company up in mainland called Wateru, and they specialize in really high-end coffee for specialty coffee shops. So oh, that's um, cool. All the coffees they sell are graded by an international cupping agency called Cup of Excellence. Um, They're out of Portland, 
Pacific Northwest, my people. Okay. Um, yeah. So they, they attach, they, they assign a score to every um, batch of beans that comes through. And then based on that score, they'll, they'll put the batches or the lots up for auction. And it allows buyers all over the world to get, you know, the highest quality beans. That's, that's one purpose. But the other yeah. purpose, I think the more important one is that um, it gives the farmers a really awesome price for a quality product. So if they have a really okay. good crop, they can get 10 times the market rate that they would get otherwise. And so it allows these farmers who are really, really good at what they're doing to, to become, actually be paid for it. Yeah, exactly. And to and then be able to take that money and further invest into their farms and create an even better product. And it, it really works out best for the consumer, best for the farmers, best for the coffee shops. Like it, it works out really well for everybody. Um, so I've been really happy buying coffee beans from them. It is a lot more expensive than beans would be mm -hmm. like in the States. Um, but it's very, very high quality. Um, and they do have some organic options, which I really, really appreciate. Um, yeah. So right now we're buying coffee from Guatemala, um, Ethiopia, Costa Rica. I think where else? We got a few of them. Oh, Sumatra. We just got some Sumatran ones in. Um, yeah, I had the. Brazil. Yeah, I had the. Um, our first. What we've been kind of sticking with is the organic Guatemalan medium roast. Yeah, yeah, that one is good. But I think I want to. I think I want to step it up a notch because I like like really dark coffees. Yeah, you should try the Sumatran beans next time you come by. I. Um, well, they're not super dark, but they they have a like a, a richer like bolder flavor. Yes. Um, so okay. those ones are really good. And then we also sell a real high-end bean from Brazil. Um, and I, I really like that one, especially for espresso, like the lattes. That's our go-to. Yeah. So how do you – all right, this has always just confounded me. How do you – like what's the difference between espresso beans and coffee beans? That's like, a great question. I get that question all the time. So – Okay, yes. Short answer is – there's not a difference. Um, you can make espresso with any roast of any beans. Now there are what? beans that will, that some people, I would say most people prefer a dark roast for espresso. Um, but yeah. I know a lot of people who actually prefer lighter oh, no, roasts for espresso. espresso. Well, and that's another like misnomer um, or misconception that people have. They think that the darker the roast, the stronger the coffee, but Really, you can make this coffee as strong as you want, even with a light roast. You'll, you'll just use a little bit more beans. Um, but <clears throat> all that being said, we'll, so we'll make espresso with all the different beans. And it's, it's one way to kind of get the full, I think, flavor profile of what the bean has to offer. Mm -hmm. um, but when you're making lattes, I, I strongly prefer a dark roast for that. Uh, yeah. So if, you, if you're stopping by our shop, you'll never find beans that say espresso on it. Um, but we would just. I have looked for some. Yes. Yeah. And people ask us all the time. Um, companies, big companies like Starbucks, they'll just slap that on a really dark roast and they just call it their espresso roast. So that's usually what it means. It just means that they roasted beans really, really darkly. Um, I haven't okay. found beans that don't taste pretty decent dark roasted. Um, the tricky mm -hmm. one is having it taste good at a light roast. So 
any bean that tastes good at light roast, at least from my experience, also makes a good dark roast. Um, okay, wait. So I just want to clarify real quick. So different beans will taste better or worse at like different roasting levels? Yeah. Is what yeah, you're saying? Yep. Okay. Um, so a lot of beans, like really high end, real good quality beans will make a very mm. good light roast. If there are negative flavors in there, because a lot of beans will have um, a real high acidity or kind of like an earthiness to it. Um, a lot mm -hmm. of beans, if you don't roast it enough, you taste all of those flavors that aren't necessarily pleasant. Um, yeah. So you can definitely under roast any bean and it, it just doesn't taste good. It tastes kind of grassy and earthy. Like raw? Yep. Yep. Exactly. Um, but as you further roast it to a darker color and a higher temperature, um, those flavors will develop. You get a lot of sugars that start to form and caramelize. It's kind of the same reaction that happens when you like brown a steak. It's called the Maillard reaction. So where you're kind of developing all of those flavors. Um, and so those, those negative flavors will drop out and you'll get those, those caramel notes some like chocolatey flavors that'll start to come out. Uh, I love like, a, I like a good chocolatey, a chocolatey bean. Yeah. yeah we'll think some crazy. I'm like, mm, this one's, and it won't be like flavored, you know, I'll be like, this one has, has caramel notes. And I really like this one. Cause it's like chocolate almond. And he's like, looks <laughs> like he's the guy that he's the guy that used to buy Folgers. And I was like, I don't even like coffee. And that looks gross. <laughs> yeah. Folgers is so bad. <laughs> no, I still have family, bless their hearts, that um, that drink Folgers. And um, yeah, I've got to say I'm not a fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I me neither. I actually didn't start um, drinking coffee until I was like 23 years old. And I started because I started getting really bad migraines. Yeah. And... I used to hate coffee. I thought it was the grossest thing in the whole world. <laughs> but like, oh, I was like, no, I'm a tea person. <sighs> and then I started getting espresso because I hated the flavor. So I just wanted something I could, I literally would take it like a shot. And I just wanted to get it over and done with, just you know, that caffeine. seemed to be doing, yeah, that seemed to be doing like it for me. I didn't have to put any, any other crap in my body. And it was good. And then I started actually really liking it. So I started with like just black espresso. And now I kind of, I don't know, I kind of, I like, I feel like I like aged backwards. Like I kind of <laughs> Benjamin buttoned the whole process. Yeah. Because yeah, nobody like... starts with black espresso. People usually start off with, you know, a little bit of coffee and a whole bunch of milk and mm -hmm. sugar. <laughs> Because everybody likes no. milk and sugar. I used to be like, oh, I'm so hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so what um, can you tell me a little bit more about the uh, the like the organizations and the actual farmers? Like, do you get to learn about the different farmers and, and people that are are making your coffee? Yeah. Yeah, you do. So that's that's one thing that I really like about um, the company that I'm buying from is they give you a profile. Um, they give you a flavor profile. They tell you what the beans taste like. They kind of say, yeah, these ones make a really good medium roast or whatever. 
Um, but then they, there's usually a short article written about the farms um, that it comes from. And almost all of these coffees that I sell are truly micro lots where they're coming from really small family farms. Um, so they'll, they'll write up not only, you know, what the family is doing with their coffee, how they're trying to develop it. Um, but oftentimes we'll pick um, farms that are really heavily invested in the community and trying to take mm-hmm. that money and pump it back into the families that work for them. Um, so, so that money is staying and circulating throughout that community. Yes. Yes, exactly. So I'll give you an example. The, um, the beans that we're sourcing from Brazil right now, it's owned by a single family this one big family estate and they have something like 30 families that all live on the farm. They provide um, housing and shelter for them. They've built a local school. They've um, built a clean water um, source oh, wow. for the village in town. Um, so just doing really, really, really good work. And they're also oh, producing so just fantastic coffee. So it's just, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm just super happy and proud to be able to serve coffee from a farm that's so awesome do you know if um i don't know so we've we've watched um the rotten documentaries have you watched those no i haven't heard about them no i need to oh, they're it so good i think you'd like them like if you if you feel passionate about helping small farmers around the world and like the communities and stuff i really think you'll like rotten because um there's I think they did a coffee one but I'm like pretty pretty sure they did a a chocolate one and that one was really interesting yeah I've heard about that I need to check that out so watch that and you guys can get back to me you guys will like it yeah um but yeah have you heard of Kiva Kiva no I haven't so it's um it's like agricultural loans that I think it's for like agricultural agriculture in small businesses that you you do like zero interest loans for farmers and business owners. And um, it's really cool because you can choose like um, women owned, um, like people like person of color owned. You can do like children, men, like whatever, you just like choose a demographic that you want to help. And then, then you can just like do like low interest or like zero, it's a zero interest loan to whatever farmer that is. So you just like donate basically. And then they like pay it back to you. And then you can like donate again to another place. That's really cool. And it'll be like, um, help a single mom buy more rice for her store, like to start her rice business, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I would check it out. We, that's what, that's that and charity water have been like the two businesses that we've kind of worked with or like donated to. Yeah. Just, you know, those are two things that are pretty dang important. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So, um, what is oh yeah what's like your favorite coffee right now oh that's that changes every week i my right now the sumatran we i had that for breakfast this morning and it's just so good yeah yeah i really like that one 
but it my flavor or my preferences change all the time. So I'll go through, I'll, I'll get on a flavor kick for about three weeks and I'll only be making espresso with a dark roast and I'll be making lattes for Rachel. Um, and like, this is the best coffee in the world. And then I'll kind of get tired of it. And then I'll want to try something lighter and then I'll start making pour over um, or drip with a lighter roast. Um, so it, it changes. And that's, that's one thing that is probably one of my favorite aspects of doing this is that I have access to all these different flavors and can kind of just pick and choose because it's always on the shelf. Do you and Rachel have like opposing coffee views mm. or? That's a good question. Yeah. She doesn't really like the lighter roasts. Um, I try oh, to sneak them in and she's blind tasting them every morning. Cause I don't tell her what it is until after she's mm-hmm. told me if she likes it or not. <laughs> There's oftentimes she'll be yeah. like, this tastes like grass. I'm like, oh, crap. it's light roast. <laughs> I'm like, oh. I'm like, okay. We'll yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. So she, she prefers generally darker coffee than I do. Um, but we, we both like most of the same beans. <laughs> but, That's funny. So how long have you guys been doing this again? Uh, we've been doing it commercially for about a year and a half and then a little over oh, three okay. years, like as a hobby. That's really cool. So is this, um, do your kids like getting involved? Cause you oh, have yes. two. We have four, actually. Yeah. What? Okay. Kids, yeah. So there, um, I've got a seven, a five, a two-year-old, and a six-month-old. So. Oh, I saw the baby. High coffee intake. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, we've, this has been, you're like, we've saved a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. We've saved a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So to answer your question, they, they love helping me. And you know, I, I don't know that it's the coffee. I think it's more just time spent with dad. Um, but Elliot and Pippa, especially my, my oldest two, they love helping me. So when I'm roasting, they're helping bag. Um, when Tatum, our helper, is roasting, they'll go out there and they'll chatter ear off the whole time. <laughs> um, and then I have them grind the coffee as well and then seal it up. Um, and then Wilder is our two-year-old, and he always wants to help. But you know, at two, it's like you're so great, and you want to help, but <laughs> just let us get this. <laughs> yeah, you're like, just push this button, and please, just yes. just push the button. Yes, that's that's how um, Hayden is. Like whenever I want to, whenever I'm like making a smoothie, she's like, I want to press it. Yep. Yep. I'm like, okay, sure. Yep, exactly. It's the same thing. So our grinder. It's a big commercial grinder, and there's just a, an on-off switch, and they they want to they'll run across the room and be like, "Can I turn it on?" And they'll flip the switch on it and grind away. So it's super cute, and it's it's um that was kind of one of my biggest goals when we were deciding, you know, whether we should just kill the hobby that was taking too much time or actually turn it into a, a business. Um, I envisioned it as something I could hand off to my kids when they got old enough, and just have yeah. that be their you know, their high school job. Um, cause I, I worked at, uh, fast food when I was in high school and I hated it, <laughs> but oh, I also yeah, I helped my dad. He had a side business as a janitor actually. And it was hard work, but I, I always mm-hmm. really treasured that time cause it was, it was time with dad, you know? And, yeah. um, I got to make some money on this doing it. And, mm-hmm. um, I think it taught me how to work hard. 
And so that's that's one thing that I really enjoy about this and am hoping to carry forward is just spending time with the kids and, and teaching them how to work hard. So, you know, when you came by the, the gift shop, I had Elliot there with me and yeah, he was helping out. Yeah, and he worked all day and didn't complain a single time. And everybody asked him how it went. You know, said he had a good time. So that's fun. And we're we're taking a lot of the the money that we make from it right now and setting it aside for them for the future, so they can spend it yeah. on college if that's where they choose to go. Um, so it's it's been just a, a venture to invest into them as much as anything. That's so cool. And they're going to grow up just, they're like, I already know how to do this. I've been doing it my whole life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they're going to be a little coffee snaps. I had a really <laughs> proud moment. It was actually a couple years ago now. So Elliot was only, he was only five. And we were, um, we were going by, it was good. I don't know exactly where it was. But I, I stepped outside of this store that we were shopping at. And I could smell it right away that somebody was roasting like close by. It's a very distinct smell. Mm-hmm. It, it smells good. Oh, I love it. it. Yeah. It doesn't smell like coffee. Like if you hadn't smelled it before, you wouldn't be like, that must be coffee. Um, yeah. Well, I stepped out and I was like, Elliot, you smell that? And he looks up at me and goes, yeah, dad, somebody's roasting coffee. And I was like, yeah, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute. Yeah. yeah. Um, I used to go. So we were in Hawaii before this and I used to go to this. Um, this place called Morning Brew. And um, I think it was on Tuesdays, they would roast the coffee. And I would, so I would always like, and I know I like, it would always be really busy on Tuesdays because everybody wants to see it because it's such a cool process. Yeah. And so I used to like sit in this top, um, like balcony kind of area and like look down and get like, get the whiff of all the, the coffee roasting. And yes, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Our house apparently smells like it all the time. I don't smell it anymore because you know it just smells like our home. But when people come in, like, oh, yeah, it's coffee, <laughs> and you'll know it when you like when you stop by for roasting. Like you will know it, even though it's on you know completely behind our house. Like you'll smell it in the front because it kind of makes the whole neighborhood smell good. Just wafts. Yeah, nice. Um, oh my gosh, I f- forgot my train of thought for a second. Um. I'm sorry. I'm like, <laughs> wait, what was I going to ask? Um, I'm sorry. I'm like drawing a complete blank. I can't even think right now. It's like one of those things where you're like, <laughs> yeah. where you forget what you're going to say and then you start to freak out about it. Yeah. And then it's like this constant feedback loop. So I was struggling with that for a minute. <laughs> Sounds like you could use some coffee. <laughs> Maybe it's too much. Okay, I've had three, three cups a day. Like two of your cold brew, and yeah. then that's a lot because um, the cold brew has a lot of caffeine in it, actually. Yeah, but I like I hit that afternoon slump. Um, I didn't eat lunch, and so I just had like zero energy. Um, and so I was like, "All right, I'm gonna drink this," and I didn't feel anything. I was like, "You know, I'm really tired," and like I want to try to make like a little recipe with it. So I did, and I'm pretty sure like my heart was just, like beating on my chest the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you make with the cold beer? Um, I, okay, so it's a little sugary, but um, what I did is I just did like half a cup of or like half a 
like not, not a measuring cup, but like half a cup yeah. of, um, of the cold brew. And then I poured in coconut milk and a little bit of caramel syrup mm. and then I like shook it and it was really good. Yeah. I've been ice, of course, you know, yeah. so I like made my, my own like semi low sugar, um, thing. It was pretty good. It's, um, I do think like for that recipe, I think that like your cold brew is like a little too tangy for it. Yeah. Cause I feel like the, like the flavors kind of conflicted, but it was still good. Yeah. I think I like it black though. I think it's my favorite. Yeah. I've been starting to drink it black a lot too. We use it a lot in the morning for, um, we make these protein smoothies with it with uh, frozen bananas and peanut butter Ooh. and some protein powder and cold brew. And that's it. And it's really good. And it really doesn't take that much cold brew. I think you put in like a quarter cup or something because it's pretty strong. Go ahead and just start selling those in the morning. And I will <laughs> I will pick one up. Just do like a neighborhood oh, drive through. So good. I know my kids need to make Do a neighborhood drive through. Instead of the lemonade stand, of... I'll have the kids selling yeah. cold brew smoothies. <laughs> yeah, you'll just have like a whole line of like super tired soccer moms. <laughs> their kids in the car at, you know, seven o'clock yes. getting their drive through. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, so one of our favorite coffee things ever to consume. Uh, have you ever had affogato? Yes. Oh my gosh. Oh my God. Just like some homemade vanilla ice cream with fresh espresso just right on top of it. It's like one of the best flavors in the whole world. Okay, so look, um, send me your business plan. Okay, <laughs> Will and I are gonna invest in this, this, this coffee stand with your kids. Yeah. All right, we'll uh, go to the wood shop. We'll make this official. Yeah, it'll be great. That would be awesome. That's so funny. Yeah. Um. So how much? Um. How much longer do you guys have on an island? We'll be here at least until twenty twenty three. Oh, wow. Yeah, so okay. we, we actually, uh, we took a full second assignment out here. So we did three years oh, and then nice. we got three more. So it's just been what such a... an awesome place for, for our family. Yeah, I that's, that's one thing that we've been just so thankful for because, I mean, you watch the news. Oh. Schools are kind of scary right now. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I have I have a daughter in Florida and um yeah, man, like I get nervous. I get nervous that and like that's I don't I'm not a person that I like I'm not too much of a worrier, but that's one thing that I feel like is always on my mind. Yeah, yes. And it, it probably doesn't help that, you know, over here you kind of only get the bad news because it seems like yeah. news is always bad news. Um, but yeah, you're right. We, it is true. a huge blessing to be able to be here in Okinawa and, and live on base too, where the kids can kind of just be Just go kids. play. Yeah. They can go play. Yeah. So. That's one thing that, so I live off base. Um, but that's one thing that I miss about living on base is just like that added layer of security. Yeah. I mean, there's bad people everywhere, but 
at least um, half of them on Basecit background checks. So yeah, hey, yeah. it's a little bit better. We lived off base for the first couple of years here as well. We always felt safe off base. Yes, but we also lived here. In I do a tall apartment, so in our kids when they were younger, like it was just too much. Like we couldn't let them go down six yeah. floors by themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, we live in like a third story walk up and I mean like no, I, I I lock our doors when, you know, like Will's gone, but most of the time like I leave my car unlocked, I leave my doors unlocked, like I you know, knock on wood that nobody like breaks in my house, but um yeah, like it, it just feels safe here. Yeah, yeah. And man, we moved. So we were stationed last in Las Vegas and just a completely different story there. Like everything was locked all the time. Even in yeah. a seemingly good neighborhood, it was like you just couldn't leave anything out. Oh my gosh. I was so embarrassed. So um, I was 22, I think. And um, I went to Vegas with some friends. And. Um, we went to this gas station and I didn't realize that was like, it was my first time ever seeing one that had like bars and like bulletproof glass Yeah. where like you couldn't actually go into the store. You just like talk to the, the teller through like an intercom. Yeah. And she was looking at me like I was crazy. Cause I was looking for a door and she's like, ma'am. And I was like, Oh, I'm okay. And she's like, ma'am. <laughs> I was like, where's the door? And she looked at me like I was so dumb. Mm. She was like, what door? And, I, and it, like, I realized, I was like, oh, we There's can't go in. Yeah. yeah. It was wild. And then here, like, everybody, like, gives your kids, like, candy and <laughs> yeah. extra food and toys. And they're just like, like, children are so cherished here. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that's really it's, awesome. And it's such a beautiful island to explore. It is. It is. Um, I don't know. I had a really hard time adjusting, to be honest. Um, I like after coming from Hawaii, it was it was really different, but I was also so tired of island life because I grew up in Northern California mm. and like it, I, I'm not I'm not a beach person really mm-hmm. I prefer like my mountains and lakes like I grew up on a lake and you know going like boating with friends or you know getting um pulled in an inner tube until you thought you were gonna die <laughs> like you know like yes. I don't know like that was my happy place yes. and um I have family in Spokane so just like I don't know the Pacific Northwest is kind of my happy place oh yeah I and, I agree and I just I, I felt so homesick when I got here um, that I yeah I just had a really hard time adjusting and I was like super down for a while but you know like I'm starting to I leave in June and so I think that's why I'm like starting to like it more yeah you know it I didn't love it when we first moved here actually um, Rachel really wanted to move here and I didn't. <laughs> But it was one of those times where it was like, you know what? I have drug you everywhere because we live in four states within their first two years of the Air Force, you know, going Dang. through 
the whole pilot training pipeline. And so I drag her to some pretty awful places in the country. And, <laughs> and I feel will, like I owe you. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I was like, you know what? You get the pick. So she said she wanted to go to Okinawa. And we came out here and everybody's like, oh, it's beautiful. It's amazing. You're going to love it. It's just like Hawaii. So like, well, that's no, great. it's not. No, it's, it's not. A, that is a, it's a goddamn lie. All right. Lie. <laughs> yes. So, <laughs> so we we did leave en route, and we're like, well, let's go to Hawaii. We've always wanted to do that. So we went. And we're like, this is amazing. I can't believe we're gonna live in a place like this. Oh my god! And then we showed up, and it was late November, 2017, and it was raining, and it was cold, like un oh, unusually no. cold for Okinawa. It was like, you know, low 50s maybe the high 40s and it was just so basically freezing oh it was horrible it was horrible <laughs> and uh, oh my gosh yeah so all those people that says like why like they lied it's not like why <laughs> like I, I can see no. what they were saying now um but in november it did not look like it's hawaii, hawaii if you've never been to hawaii right yeah exactly or if you've been to um to the dry side of Honolulu, then yeah, or not Honolulu, sorry, Hawaii. Yeah. Um. No, when I got here, I was devastated because I was like, everybody said it, you know, it's just like Hawaii, and I was like, this is like, you know, not to talk, you know, you we both know. Yes. I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna talk bad on on a place that's been so kind and beautiful to us. Yeah. Well, I was like, but it's different. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. It's a little rough. And you know, it's it is hard for anybody to come out here. Like you're so far away from everybody. And it's another yeah. country. And yeah, you, you miss America. I mean that was that's one of the things that one of the reasons why I got into roasting coffee was like, I miss good coffee. <laughs> yeah. And everything in the commissary has been sitting on a boat for three months prior to getting here. <laughs> you mean you don't like Dunkin' Donuts no, vanilla it's coffee. So bad. It's so bad. <laughs> that and, doesn't bring joy to your heart. Uh, no, no. And when we first got here, um, the whole like all U.S. self members were on lockdown because there had been like oh, a no. like an incident. So like we weren't even allowed to yeah. go out and explore. Um, so there is actually some really good coffee shops around the island, and there's some really fantastic local roasters, but I hadn't discovered them yet. So it's probably a good thing because no. if I had found good sources, I might not have gotten into roasting. It all it all happened exactly the way it was supposed to. Yes, yeah, it did. What's um? What's so we've been? I know we've been like exploring a little bit. What's your favorite roaster on island? Easy answer, Flap Coffee. Um, they actually Flap? have one. Yep, Flap. Um, they okay. have one right next to. Uh, Foster and Fatima. Actually, I haven't been to that one yet, though. Uh, we've only gone to the one. They have one up in Nago. Um, but I, we went there for the first time maybe six months ago, and I got some uh, AeroPress, and it was What's just that. Um, it's similar to a French press, um, but you push it through a real fine. Um, paper filter so it kind of has that like full rich bodied flavor of french press but with no silt it's fan oh, fantastic way to make oh coffee and they're yes. like 40 dollars or something it's super what? great for traveling too but anyhow mother's so day you can kind of tell a good coffee shop if they serve 
row press a lot of times. <laughs> like it's not a guaranteed, but probably they know what they're doing. Um, yeah. So yeah, I had some of their beans, and it was it was, it was really 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 good. So I, I would highly recommend. I'll have to try them. I think the best coffee shop just for like the wow factor is the new Zavago in oh my gosh, yes. American Village. Um, I was like, that's I I really like their beans. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like I I love yours. Shop. It's so cool. They have like, I don't know. I just like their signage and all the like the bikes that they have and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's a good vibe. It looks. It would yeah. you could drop that place down in Portland or Seattle and it would feel totally perfect. Uh, yes, I think that's why I like it so much is because it kind of has like like it has that hipster vibe totally that I like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. And then another oh, good sorry, go coffee ahead. shop that I really enjoy. Well, there's two other good ones. Uh, good Day Coffee. Kind of oh, yeah. I do like them. Great yeah. breakfast, and it's cheap. Um, yes. And then I also like Mother Coffee, which is kind of over by Foster again. That's I haven't been there yet, but I've heard good things about it. Yeah. They have a really – just like a warm atmosphere. It's very, very welcoming. They've got excellent coffee. and Yeah. So have you, have you and Rachel kind of talked about opening up your own shop one of these days? Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. I was like, I know the answer to this, but well, I want to hear it. So yes, it's, it's going to be a long ways down the road. Um, mm-hmm. I, we're planning on staying in the military long term. So I've got at least another 10 years left. Um, oh yeah. <clears throat> so I don't think we'll probably grow it too much more than where we're at right now. Um, We'll mm. move around several more times, um, but I would like my dream job would be to retire from the Air Force and then yeah, just start roasting full time. And I would love to have just a small so cool. shop with like a tasting room. Um, yes. I don't want to have like lots of locations or anything. Like what I would love to do you is just want just, like your home store. Yes, and I would love to be able to supply just the most incredible fantastic beans to like all the other local coffee shops and then so have cool. just a, like a tasting room for us and a, a place that you know people can meet at and hold small events and maybe so cool. one or two of my kids would want to stick around and work with their old man and make some delicious <laughs> coffee <laughs> that's, that's well, kind have, of my fantasy you have four so your odds are pretty good yeah yeah. Your odds are pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I don't know. Owning like a coffee and tea shop has always been something I've wanted to do. And um, just like there's this place back home called Good Earth and it's kind of gone downhill since it changed owners, but it was just like this earthy, cozy, like coffee shop and you could get like really good tea there. And they had like books that you could look at, um, like and I just, ever since I've been in there, I've, I was like, I want to have my own coffee shop. Like, this place is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like it'd be pretty awesome. I imagine it's also very difficult and a lot of businesses probably don't make it. Like any small oh, business. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, like everybody loves coffee. Yeah. Yes. But I think it's it's really important to establish your vibe. You know, and that's why people go to different coffee shops. Like, I mean, not to discount the coffee, of course, but 
I feel like when you have a coffee shop, it's like 90% vibe. Yes. Yeah. That can be true. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, would you guys want to retire? Like, where would you guys want to retire? Like back in Seattle area? Oh yeah. Um, yes. So neither of us, so my wife is actually from Reno, Nevada. I'm from a little town called Centralia. That's a little South of Olympia. It's like perfectly in the middle of Portland, Oregon and Seattle. Um, but we both okay. went to school in Seattle and that's where we got married and where we met. Aww. And so <clears throat> we have always pictured that that's the place that feels like home more than any other place. Yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that we can get back to the Pacific Northwest, not in the city proper because it's very, very expensive and very crowded, but you know, oh somewhere, gosh, somewhere yeah. along the Puget Sound, right on the water where it's cold and it rains all the time, but it's okay because you've got good coffee and good music and a fireplace, you know? Yes. Yeah, that's, um, like, I would want to retire, like, I like Oregon a lot. Um, I, like, I, I, yeah, I like Oregon a lot. Um, and I just want to live somewhere where there's just a ton of trees and mountains and, yeah, like, I'm not a big cold person, but I think when you have that scenery and you get to see how beautiful fall is, oh, yes. worth it. Yes, absolutely. Worth it. Yeah, I, like, I hear you. I miss the mountains a lot. Rachel's the, yeah. the beach lover of the two of us. I, I enjoy a good beach, but it doesn't excite me and make me feel alive like, like a mountain does. Yeah, I feel like we have lived so um we well we technically met um at Fort Leonard Wood. Um but then we actually like like started dating in California and then we moved to Florida and then we moved to Hawaii and then we moved here and I'm like, oh, I'm so over it. <laughs> like I'll take the snow at this point. Yes. Uh, a lot of flat, low level places. <laughs> Yeah. Where are you guys going next? So um, I'm going back to Florida for like probably what's probably going to be about 15 months. And then um, Will's going to be staying here. He's going to he's going to be gone most of the time. And like like I said, I have a daughter back in the States. And so it just didn't really make sense for me to be somewhere that I honestly don't want to be for a year and some change and not be able to see my daughter, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I'm moving, I'm moving back to like Tampa and, um, and then Will's probably going to go to North Carolina for some training. And then once he gets orders from there, then in like two, three years, then we're going to find some place that we're going to be. But the next two years are going to be a lot of moving, a lot of moving. It's tough, man. Yeah, so what uh, do you what do you do? I, uh, I'm a like, rescue helicopter pilot. In the oh, airports. that's cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Hence that blend that we have, calling it rescue rest. It's kind of a, a shout out uh, to okay, okay. Our rescue family. Yeah. Have you like have you been able to get in into any of the coffee shops on base, or do they already have like their own contractors? Um, that's a good question. No, I haven't even tried. I'm 
I've talked to a lot of people that have done business with AFBs before, and it, it sounds pretty difficult, and they take a very, very large cut. Of course um, they do. And they have exclusive contracts, and so it's it's something that you can do if you've got years and a lot of money. Um, oh my but gosh, yeah, no. It's not really feasible. If, you know, if we sold coffee, well, you can even sell, you know, like at the BX, like down in like a kiosk or something. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. But they take as much of a cut as our profit margin is. So we would have to raise your prices significantly. And it's just not something I'm really interested in doing. So I, mean, I feel like you guys have so much support from individual buyers. We do. We do. We have some really, really awesome customers. Um, so I think we'll probably just keep doing business the way we're doing it, at least, you know, until we're out of the military. But yeah, I, you guys have such a cute, like, little front porch setup. <laughs> yeah, thanks. I yeah. Like I would love it if we could open shops on base because... I, I've never been to like a really great coffee shop on a military base, but uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, almost, you know, more yeah. than half the people in the military absolutely love coffee. And so mm-hmm. I feel like it's just an underserved segment. You know, I've been to a couple bases that have Starbucks on them. Um, but usually it's kind of a, you know, like the smaller mall style Starbucks. Yeah. Where it's like proud, proud to serve. Proud to serve Starbucks is what it normally says. Yeah. Like yeah. not even the actual Starbucks. They're just using their beans. Or... Using their beans that have been shipped over slowly. <laughs> yeah. And burnt. And, and burnt. burnt. I'm not a yeah. fan of Starbucks. They roast their beans very dark. Yeah. And they've got I reasons. I don't know. Like, I, I don't, they don't even taste dark to me, honestly. Like they just taste burnt. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't think I'm like that much of a coffee you know snob that can be like these beans have been roasted one minute too long. But I don't like their coffee. Well, you know, I think a lot of it is if you picture, you know, all these beans coming from all these small farms, even if you take a country like Guatemala, like fairly small mm-hmm. country. Um, but you're going to have amazing variety in the beans that are grown and none of the farms there are going to be big enough to sustain a nonstop coffee line from a company like Starbucks. Yeah. And so if you do a real light roast on it, you're going to get one bag will taste different than another bag and you won't have that commercial consistency that a really large company wants. And so one way to get around that is to roast it all a lot darker because the darker you roast coffee, the flavors kind of all come together. All of those real subtle nuanced flavors kind of get baked out and it eventually just tastes like burnt toast. And you know, if that's your, if that's your jam, like that's great. Um, Cool. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, Starbucks, they, you know, if you go to their, um, like their reserve shops, you can find some like, really excellent coffee so they know how to do it um it's just the economic arguments usually went out in deciding which coffees they're gonna serve and sell because they're selling you know millions of pounds of it so so i, I was i've been kind of curious um 
do you like do you follow or do you know of any um like any accounts or any organizations that actually ensure fair trade with your farmers so what are the like the third party kind of judges of all that well there's the fair trade organization so that's like a yeah named thing um so like right now the the beans that I sell from Guatemala and the beans that are from or are, are decaf um, that's from Ethiopia those are both certified by Fair Trade as Fair Trade. Okay. Um, but aside from that, it's really uh, that grading organization Cup of Excellence. There's oh they, yeah that's okay yeah yeah and they don't. They don't guarantee that it is fair trade, um, but if you're buying a high quality bean, like that's in one of their higher brackets, like guaranteed, yeah. the farmers are getting an excellent price for it. Okay, that sounds bothering because there. I mean, you know, there's so much greenwashing and just fake fake social standards oh absolutely. You, like you're saying it and so i'm always curious like who's actually doing the greeting who's actually deeming this you know important because it's easy to say eco-friendly it's yes. easy to say you know supports farmers for the low low price of you know one penny a day right yeah no, you're totally right um <clears throat> so most most big coffee suppliers will travel directly to the source and mm-hmm. meet the people that are growing it. Um, usually the smaller farms kind of band together into co-ops. Um, yeah. you know, one central co-op for maybe a dozen farms and they'll do all of the, the actual processing of the beans and then they will ship it out to big buyers like the one I buy it from. Um, but you know, like Wateroo, they'll send their reps out to these places and meet with the farmers and kind of get to know them and um, see where their coffee is grown. And, and they can kind of help tell that story. So instead of having just this nameless, you know, product that you open up, you have no idea where it came from. You know, you can, you can meet them you can see the picture you can learn their names. Um, and get to know the work that they're doing just on a different level, which I really really appreciate. And that's something I would love to do some point in the future is to actually travel to some of these countries like Costa Rica and meet with the farmers and then buy it directly from them and have them ship it directly. That would be so cool. Yeah. And then you could like, tour the farms and everything and get to know who's who's growing your beans yes yeah that's one thing that we really want to do is um just kind of get like a like a mobile recording set up and then go visit farmers go tour their farms i'm a photographer and you know go like take pictures of their stuff instead of because you know nine times out of ten people send us their photos um but I would love to like photograph farmers in action and ranchers doing their thing and, you know, like really take, like take just 
beautiful photos of our food system in action. And then we want to, you know, like record on site. So it's like, go do, go do a tour, take some pictures and then, you know, and then talk about it and talk about like what we saw and, you know, ask questions and that kind of thing. Yeah. We are so detached from our food sources oftentimes. It's, it's really great yeah. when you can see where it's coming from and, the, and meet the people that are passionate about it and care about producing you know, good products in sustainable ways. That's something we struggle with out here is not really knowing where our food is or how it's grown. Yeah, it's very, it's very difficult. Yeah, especially um, if you're trying to buy it on the local market and you don't speak Japanese or can't read Japanese. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, even all of the buying I do, you know, it's from a Japanese company, so um, everything is translated. And so sometimes it's difficult to understand what they're trying to say. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah, it can be comical sometimes, you know, when you're reading something that Google Chrome has translated for you and you know that Japanese yeah. English, there's just not a clean translation. So different. Yeah. Like I love going to the bunny store yes. and seeing all the, the translations. It's like, you make me sunshine happy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is my favorite things to take pictures of and send it back to people in the States. Yeah. Oh, give me one second. My, um, my daughter did not go to bed. <laughs> so good. Yeah. I'll be right, right back. No problem. We had a bathroom emergency. Oh, no. She's like, I've been calling you. I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't hear, kid. <laughs> oh, we had a huge bathroom emergency this, before we got on. It was terrible. <laughs> we were starting potty training for Wilder, our two-year-old, tomorrow. And he's mm-hmm. just so excited for it. because Rachel took him to the BX and bought him a couple toys. And was like, all you got to do is you know fill up this... You know, you go potty successfully for this many number of days. Like, you get this toy. And so he That's he didn't cool. wait for the go. He just decided. He was like, what? right We're now. Home. Boom. Popped a squat and did his business on, on the carpet in his room. And like, no. Oh. <laughs> it's so crazy how, like, you have to potty train kids. Just, I don't know. Like, we just had a puppy. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, I am, like, raising this dog and like I'm like having like flashbacks to Hayden's potting training days and I'm like this is just a crazy thing like you have to teach 
little humans how yeah. to go pee. Yes. It's just the most glamorous part of parenting. It's so great. It's wonderful. <laughs> wonderful. So which which one of your kids do you think is going to like try to take the initiative with, with roasting and... Um, you know, taking over the business. Do you, do you feel like oh. there's some strong personalities? Well, it's hard to say because the younger ones are just so young still, but yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Elliot has kind of an aptitude for it. He's just so hardworking and he's got a ton of attention to detail. He's, he's a real perfectionist. Um, so I could see him running with it. That's cool. Yeah. But I hope I hope the other kids love it too. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so I gotta get going pretty soon. Um, but is there anything you, that you want to share with our listeners? Um, you know, no. But I'm hoping that sometime soon, once all the restrictions are up, we can actually start hosting people and you know showing you how the roasting process works and. A little bit more that would be so cool stuff and yeah hopefully before you and will you know leave the island you guys can stop by and we can show you the whole process that would be awesome come and take a few pictures of it yeah i've always wanted i mean like i've like i said i've seen some pictures or, or i um went a little bit like to morning brew in hawaii but it'd be cool to see you guys set up and check it out um yeah. where can where can we find you? Yeah, so on we're on Facebook and Instagram. Just if you search for Pittman Coffee, you'll find us. Um, and then if you want to pick up some beans, um, we're only available on Kadena right now. So you okay. can either stop by the Kadena gift corner um, or come by our home. We're on the, the Kindred Loop that's by Gate 5 in the middle school over in Jennings. Um, okay. And then we also, if any of your listeners are back in mainland uh, U.S. or up in mainland Japan, uh, we do ship as well. And we do we do free shipping for anything three pounds or over. Um, we'll cover awesome. That. And then okay, oh, the, so... the one other thing I wanted to mention is you'll notice um, one of our coffees will always have a different label on it. It's just has the letters GTO, and that's for... Um, gospel to Okinawa. So I mentioned early on that we started roasting coffee for our church. And oh, yeah. Our church supports um, local Okinawan church planters, um, mm-hmm. kind of with the mission that, you know, we'll, at some point in the future, there won't be American military members here on island. And it's kind okay. of just a way to help. Um, support Okinawans and, and build for for their future for when we're no longer here. So uh, if you buy that coffee right now, it's the Brazil Brazilian beans, but we rotate it um, pretty regularly. But all the profit from that goes directly to um, Gospel to Okinawa. So in case you're ever wondering, that's, that's so awesome. That's what that supports. Yeah, I I was I was like, what type of coffee is GTO? Yeah. And it's like in bold letters too. I'm like, wow, it looks like some really powerful coffee. <laughs> what is this kind? Yeah. It intimidated me. Yep. If you if you want to find out more about that, um, we try to tag the GTO's Facebook page. Um, so they've got a page where they keep they give updates on on the awesome work that they're doing um, here locally. 
And then um, you could also find out more about it at our church, which is uh, Pillar of Okinawa. We're just right, up, right outside of uh, Gate 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. I always see people walking back from there. Yeah. Yeah. And usually, not right now because of COVID, the most lame excuse ever, but <laughs> normally we have our coffee there and it's served every Sunday. And someday it will be again. <laughs> but, hopefully someday soon. Yeah, hopefully someday soon. So stop by and we'll give you some, some delicious coffee. It's probably the best church coffee in Ireland. I think that's a fair fair bet to say. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, make sure you guys go visit Pittman Coffee on Instagram and Facebook. And Zach, thank you so much for joining me. Hopefully sometime soon, Rachel and I get to talk too. So maybe yes. maybe we can yeah, I'll chat. Whenever yes. Will comes back. Yes, we would love we'll to have get everybody together. talking. Well, yeah. Yes, that would be awesome. Well, All right, well, thank you, you so much. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, thank you for coming on. Yeah, it's awesome. Have a good night. Of this community and that they are so willing to share what they've learned. And that's kind of the spirit of the organic movement from the beginning. It's It's been very, you know, grassroots, community-based. Yes. Let me teach There's you what no I know. There's no gatekeeping. Right, right. Because they know that their knowledge is going to save the world, is going to save our health. So they're more than happy to shout it from the rooftops. Yeah, yeah. So I'm so grateful for them and for capturing their voice and then people like you who are going to amplify it. And I, I'm so excited. I'm talking with my arms. You can't see me. This is just audio. Oh. That's why I spilled my water. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, yeah. I'm very excited to be part of this movement. So so go to the realorganicproject.org. There's a, at the top, there's a symposium link. And you can click on the 2021 symposium and, and see all the movement leaders that we interviewed. And it's great footage. Thank you so much for coming on, Lindley. Thank you, Storm. I'm so happy. Thank you. We'll be in touch. Feeling social? Follow us at the Feel Good Community Podcast on Instagram for daily inspiration, our blog, and behind-the-scenes footage. Join the Feel Good Community Podcast on Facebook, where you can read interesting articles, ask us questions, and share progress of your own journey.